You're listening to the This Light Shines podcast, episode two, part two of Freedom and You. So let's recap what we've gone over so far. We started out talking about the importance of perception when it comes to our judgment of freedom. And we've also spoken about how freedom is very much like that energy that projects out from inside of us, out into the world, and it bumps into limits. And those limits can be imposed limits, like laws and social norms, but they're also negotiated limits that we often encounter in our personal relationships. And we've also spoken about the narcissistic versus the compassionate view of freedom, how having that ability to project your energy for some personality types is very different from others, and how those can be constructive or destructive. We've also spoken about transactions, those negotiated, often those negotiated boundaries that we sort out with other people in our lives, and how we often end up trading freedom for security, and how doing so can sometimes be a negative or a positive thing. Throughout all of this, I bring out the concept that in our consciousness, in our minds, in our perception, it's very much like a map. We build this internal map of the outside world, and we use that to navigate with Now, there's one aspect that I haven't touched on yet, and this is one of the more uh, intriguing, fun, and some could even say magical parts of it. This is that zone which is outside of our map, but is still within our reach. It's within our reach, and we could put energy into places that we never thought of before, and initiate change, but it's outside of that internal map that we carry around with us. You could think of it as the unexplored zones of freedom that we all have in our lives. And this is an interesting place because we don't really know what's out there. We might have an expectation or a hope or a desire, but we don't know. Because this is an unexplored zone, because this is an open space, you could end up achieving success. You could end up bringing those things into your life that you were looking for. Alternatively, you might end up bringing in something completely unexpected that could still be positive, or you could end up triggering something negative. The bottom line here is risk. You don't have freedom without risk. It's impossible. Many of those limits that we negotiate for ourselves, those often are done to mitigate risk. And let's face it, we don't want to have everything in a state of flux all the time, especially when we connect with something positive and we want to maintain that. There's always some room in life to explore those unexplored areas. And that can be extraordinarily rewarding. One way to look at this is that it's almost as though we have a mental muscle that is closely tied to how willing we are to take risks in life. And let's face it, 
Everybody wants to push those limits. We all need some of that novelty, something new to explore and discover. It's like food for the soul. We need it in our lives in order to feel alive. And if you're living a life where none of that, or very, very little of that, is in your life, that's when we start feeling like we're in a cage. That's when we start feeling that there's not enough freedom in our life. So this brings us to the question of how do we bring more freedom into our lives? What happens typically when somebody wants more freedom? It could be a response to a negative factor, or it could be the desire to achieve something positive. The first stage is communication. We express a desire or a complaint, and we try to negotiate a way through it. But what happens when that doesn't work? Because sometimes it doesn't work. Well, then it goes on to the second stage. And that would be the stage I like to call rocking the boat. And then there's the third stage. So what happens when rocking the boat doesn't work? Well, then you get the third and final stage, and that is withdrawal. So let's take a look at how those three stages can play themselves out in different areas of life. Let's start by taking a look at personal relationships. What could be more personal than our most intimate of relationships, our love relationships, our spouse, our partner? And let me ask you if this has ever happened to you. It starts out as communication, an expression of a desire or possibly a complaint. And somehow the communication doesn't quite get through it. It doesn't work. What happens next? Well, what you get to next is rocking the boat. You have one party saying, well, he's not listening to me or she's not listening to me. And things escalate. Certainly... Any man out there who's ever been in the doghouse knows what I'm talking about. But where does it go from there? What happens if all the attempts of that communication fail and rocking the boat fails? Well, then the next option is to withdraw. Find another partner, divorce, breaking up, you name it. And so there's those three stages at play in our personal relationships. So we could also consider your working life. Suppose in your workplace you have a significant grievance or something you seriously need to have addressed. What happens when that communication fails and either they're not listening or they're not compromising? Well, you might rock the boat next. Certainly, that's where strikes come from. But what happens if that's not an option and you're still living with the grievance that's unaddressed? Well, you start looking for another job. You, you look to move on. And so there's another example of those same three stages, but playing out in a different environment. And we could take this even out to a broader level, let's say a national level, uh, suppose the government has imposed some 
policy or policies that you profoundly disagree with and you are really feeling put upon by this, uh, what do you do? Well, the first thing people do is they try to communicate. They try to communicate their grievances. It's often done by protests and things like that. But if that doesn't work, what happens next? Well, you get more intense protests, you get strikes, you get a rocking of the economic boat. And what happens if that doesn't work? Well, I guess there's two options. You could leave the country, find another country to live in that may not have those same issues. And if you're fortunate enough to live in a democracy, you can seek to change the government. And so again, we see those same three stages at work. As you well know, things don't always go one, two, three, boom, and progress to that final stage of disassociation. What we more commonly see is things kind of bounce around between those different zones. So things will bounce over into the rocking of the boat stage and then come back to communication and maybe go back and forth a few times. You could end up splitting up temporarily and getting back together. Uh, All these things happen. Most of us have been there at one point or another in our lifetimes. Understanding that this is a pattern that things play out, what can we learn from that? What knowledge can we gain? This is what I draw from it. First and foremost, communication is the most important thing and meaningful communication. That means not just being able to speak freely, but it also means listening to someone you disagree with and trying to get your head around their perspective, however alien it might appear. And even if you don't agree at the end of it, even if you don't come to their point of view, just the act of hearing them out makes a big difference. What other knowledge can we wring out of this pattern, this one, two, three pattern that of escalation that we see? And this, I think, is an important one because in here we can also map out the pattern of behavior that we find in abusive relationships. And again, this works at all levels. What we see is escalation is used as a means to prevent communication. The first big warning sign that nobody should ever miss is when that initial communication starts out, it quickly, rapidly escalates. It escalates to the boat rocking and even the imposition of external control upon you. And communication is effectively shut down. If you're in an environment where your free and open communication is being shut down, you are in an abusive relationship. It has started already. Whether it's coming from a potential partner, an employer, or even a government. Using escalation as a means to shut down communication is a form of censorship. That's all it is, pure and simple. And censorship kills communication. 
it prevents communication and it prevents a rational, reasonable, equitable solution from being found. And so if you see these warning signs, pay attention. It doesn't matter if it's an issue that somebody else just doesn't want to talk about, and it doesn't matter if it's in an environment where there's censorship and suppression of unpopular viewpoints. Everything new starts out being unpopular. Well, think about it. If it wasn't for the black sheep and the outside-the-box thinkers, no meaningful progress can happen in society. And that doesn't mean that every outside-the-box thinker and every black sheep has brilliant ideas. But that's where those brilliant ideas are found, is in and amongst those. If we look to examples of those societies that have flowered and thrived for a time and had periods of widespread general success amongst the population, you'll find societies where this kind of open-minded free communication was in play. And this was an absolutely essential component to their success. It's been said that you can never solve a problem using the same mentality that created it. That is absolutely true. So fighting fire with fire just creates more fire. It does not put the fire out. That's not an effective solution to improving your freedom, especially if the force you're up against has a bigger fire department than you do. We have to find ways to use what freedoms we have to create more freedom. And almost always is going to require some creativity and some dedicated energy. So let's shift our attention around here from dealing with those negative forces to improving our ability to connect with positive things in life. What can we do to help make those real? What can we do to at least explore the possibilities in directions we would like to go or, or we're thinking about going? It's called making progress. What do we do with our free time? I talked before about how we have this innate desire for novelty, for bringing new things into our lives that are unique and different, and how we have a fundamental need for this. This is one of those key factors that feed into our sense of freedom and how fulfilling our life is. When you look at how most people spend their free time and where they find that novelty, is it spent watching the latest episode of that series that you're into, or is it that new level on your favorite video game feeding into that sense? I mean, these things are not connected to your life. They're not connected to your life in the real world. And we all need downtime. We all need chill time. We all need to blow off steam sometimes. But think about it. Does it make sense to spend more time pursuing that novelty in the real world with 
direct connections with, with other human beings as opposed to this simulated imaginary world. My point here is avoid those superficially entertaining distractions that don't actually change anything. Engage with the real world as much as you can. And again, like I said, we all need downtime, but it's a question of balance. The one zone that we haven't looked at very closely yet is the one I consider to be the most important and that's our self-imposed limits, limits that we impose upon ourselves. This is that area where it's outside of our map, but it's within our reach. Our map is basically telling us what we can expect, what we think is possible, but it's a representation of our experience in the world, but it's not the world. The world's a bigger place. Having that playful spirit, curiosity, bit of courage, that is essential to building out our map and flushing out our experiences with respect to what is possible. What is possible? Imagine that you could grow your map outwards into new directions, new places, and you could do that at any time you choose to. And now, stop imagining it and do it. It's that easy. You've been listening to the This Light Shines podcast. If you enjoy our content, if you get something out of it, support us. Click on that heart icon on your podcast player or click on the support us link in the show notes. You can find us at thislightshines.net where you can provide feedback on any episode as well as access our blog and get the scoop on upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening and God bless.